right? Uh, perhaps you think of someone who just saw something important or shocking or, or amazing, uh, and then they go and, and tell someone about it. Um, I witnessed my oldest son ride his bike for the first time uh, a month ago, and I told everybody about it. Just uh, last week, my wife and kids witnessed me slide down our, our kids' slide onto a homemade slip and slide tarp in our backyard. I don't think my wife has told anybody about that, but she did take a video, which I'm sure will be used at some point uh, as, as a bargaining chip. <laughs> when you think of a witness, you may think of someone testifying in a courtroom, a witness called to the stand to testify, uh, being quizzed by the attorneys in, in the courtroom. Perhaps when you think of witness, you think of um, people in the mall or the airport or on your front porch passing out a, a salvation tract. At, a, at, at the basic level, a witness is someone who, who sees or, or experiences something and then shares what they've seen or experienced. A witness is, in effect, a representative of an experience. And if you think of what, uh, what, what is in that word representative, represent. And that's really what a witness is, someone who experiences something and then represents what they have just experienced, right? So it's hard to be a witness to something and not share in some fashion what you witnessed. There's the experience itself and then a representation of that experience that somehow makes the original experience that much more complete or that much more whole and full. And think about for a second the most joyous, uh, one of the most joyous things you've ever experienced. One of the most joyous experiences you've ever had. We just had a baby, so that's what I think of for, for us. But, but think about it. Would that experience, whatever it was, would that experience have been as full and rich and as life-giving if you hadn't also talked about it, represented it with someone else? Right? I guess you could, you could witness something and then not bear witness to it, but that would be a lot like holding your breath, <laughs> holding in your breath. I mean, you can do it, but at some point, you've got to let it out. It's got to come out. We were not made to hold our breath. We were made to exhale. We were also made to be witnesses. In fact, bearing witness to God, representing God's love and God's rule in the world, has been our purpose and identity from the very beginning. And living into that purpose and identity has also always been connected with our ability to experience abundant life that God intends. Genesis says right there on the first page is that humanity was created in the image of God. We were created in God's image. We were created to be God's image bearers in the world. People who represented God to and in the world that God had made. Bearing witness to the God of love and, and mercy and justice. But sin messed things up. But God called a man, Abraham and his family into a special purpose and mission to represent God's ways in the world so that through this family, all the world would be blessed. And when this family of God representatives, uh, this family of witnesses, became enslaved in Egypt, God rescued them in a mighty way. And, and after this, God again appointed them to bear witness about what they had seen and experienced of God's rescuing love and glory. And God called them a kingdom of priests. But Moses didn't even get all the way down the mountain with the Ten Commandments before these people are, are worshiping idols and not bearing witness to the God who had just rescued them with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. And this trend 
continued, where the, the, the people who are witnesses need to be witnessed to. And so God called prophets who spoke hard truth to the people and bore witness to God's concern for right worship, for obedience, God's concern for justice, for the poor, for the vulnerable. And ultimately, God sent Jesus, a chief witness, if you will. Jesus was the ultimate witness who came to, to live among us, to show us what God is really about, who God really is. Everything that Jesus said or did represented God's kingdom, God's reign. And the disciples, who Jesus is talking to in our text, the disciples had a front row seat to see, hear, experience everything about the Savior Jesus. They witnessed the teaching. They witnessed the healings. They witnessed the meals. They witnessed the miracles and the prayers, the death, and finally the resurrection of Jesus. And they certainly couldn't hold their breath about it forever. You can't really live that way. And so Jesus now reminds them commands and promises them that, in fact, they can't hold their breath forever. They're supposed to exhale what they've inhaled, bear witness to what they have experienced. Because divine love can't help but, but spread. And so, today is, and so today's passage is Jesus reannouncing, reprioritizing this purpose, this mission in light of his life, death, and resurrection, and soon-to-be ascension. He commands and promises them that they will receive power from the Holy Spirit and they will be his witnesses to all the world just as God had intended from the beginning. Bearing witness to Jesus' death and resurrection as the way God is putting the world to right. This is so important to Jesus. This is everything to Jesus. If God's intent in the first creation was for humanity to bear God's image, to represent God to the world, and how much more so would Jesus want people in the new creation, this new life that his resurrection made possible, to bear witness to what God is doing anew? It's almost like Jesus is recommissioning humanity recommissioning humanity when he speaks to his disciples. Like, remember, this is, this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is who you are. This is your purpose. You get to spend your lives telling and demonstrating to other people what you have seen and heard and experienced and lived with me. And Jesus didn't say a sermon would be his witness, although sermons can. He didn't even say the Bible was to be his witness, although it does. He said, you, people, will be my witnesses. And that's exactly what the entire rest of the book of Acts is all about. And that is what the entirety of our lives is supposed to be about. The promise that the disciples will be Jesus' witnesses everywhere is true for us, too. That's who we are called to be, too. Representing the life of Jesus is where we find life ourselves. In fact, that's the reason that, that you and I are where we are today, worshiping online, even in the middle of a pandemic. Somewhere along the way, a parent, friend, 
a teacher, a coach, a child, a pastor, a church family, a small group, a co-worker, represented Jesus Christ and his expansive love to you. They were witnesses of Jesus to you. They could not hold in their breath forever, and so they, they exhaled what they in, inhaled. And so you experienced something out of their shared experience. You witnessed something in their life, in their words, in their actions, in their, in their community that made Jesus real to you. That planted a seed, that lit a spark, that awakened a love. Their lives were a stage on which Jesus appeared. Their lives were a stage on which Jesus appeared. That's how one of my former professors characterized witness in one of his books on, on Acts. And I, and I just find it so, so compelling and so helpful. Bearing witness to Jesus is making our lives a stage on which the risen Christ can appear and claim others as his own. Bearing witness to Jesus is making our lives a stage on which the risen Christ can appear and claim others as his own. So when Jesus tells us that, that we are to be his witnesses, we must, we must ask ourselves, when people look at my life, when people look at our life together as a church, am I, are we making it a stage on which Jesus shows up? Or is our life a stage in which, well, where people witness something else? Perhaps it's a stage where we show up a lot. If, if making our, if witnessing, if bearing witness to Jesus is, is making our lives a stage on which the risen Christ can appear, then, then that means witness is, is not just something that, that some people can do, a select group of people can do and, and others can't. It isn't just uh, something that's a small part of our lives that well, we do sometimes when we want to and, and not other times. It is our whole life. Witnessing is the everyday, every place, all the time life that we live, even in a pandemic. You know, I've heard people say that God uh, sent the pandemic to get our attention. Well, I've got news. God didn't send a pandemic. God sent Jesus to get our attention. And Jesus sends us as his witnesses to get people's attention. It is essential. And we don't need a building to do it. How we parent our kids, how we take care of our parents, bears witness to Jesus. The way we treat our coworkers and our customers bears witness to Jesus. The things that we courageously fight for, our concern and solidarity with the poor, the marginalized, the vulnerable, bears witness to Jesus. The conversation we have with the mom next to us at soccer practice or in the dance studio bears witness to Jesus. Telling someone the difference that Jesus has made in our lives bears witness to Jesus. The ways that we spend our money and how how we spend our time bears witness to Jesus. The ways we love our neighbors bears witness to Jesus. What we decide to post and share on Facebook bears witness to Jesus. How and who we welcome in our church and in our home bears witness to Jesus. 
Inviting someone to church, even if it's online, bears witness to Jesus. Offering to pray someone, offering to just sit and listen or to mourn with someone bears witness to Jesus. The things we sing, the things we write, the things we paint, play, create, all bear witness to Jesus. All are a stage on which Jesus shows up to claim other people as his own. We don't just get to be passive observers of Jesus, thinking, oh, that Jesus guy is nice. I I'm going to keep him uh, just for myself, but not too close, like on that stage over there. In fact, I'll let Jesus have his own private stage over there. That's kind of what the disciples do in a way when, they, when Jesus ascends into heaven. They're just staring off in the, in the heavens, concerned about Jesus' absence, rather than looking forward to Jesus actually being made present in and through their witness to the ends of the earth. But simply passively watching undermines movement, and Jesus is always about a kingdom movement, which is why immediately angels appear on the scene and say to the disciples, why are you looking up into heaven? Don't you understand Jesus is going to come in the same way you saw him go? In other words, don't hold your breath. You've got a job to do. You've got a job you are made to do. Remember, we can't hold our breath forever and expect to live. It's like, what are you waiting for? What are we waiting for? Friends, we have received power. The Holy Spirit has come. We have received power from the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus is inviting us to wake up that deepest part of who we are that may have been sleeping or dormant and live into our purpose to be a witness, to exhale what we have inhaled. You know, Countless ones of you have witnessed to me during this time. This is without a doubt the hardest, most stressful, and difficult time that I've been a pastor. I've been unsure of what to do at times. I've been afraid, afraid that people aren't tuning in, afraid people aren't engaging, afraid people are just, will just drift away from church, that church will just become an afterthought. I've been frustrated that I can't gauge people's engagement, frustrated that we can't gather together in person. I'm navigating so many competing um, voices and desires about when and how to meet in person again. It's been hard. And yet seeing the way that so many of you are being generous Generous with your serving, generous with your time, generous with your money, seeing you lead your B3 groups, seeing kids get, get care bags on their front porches, seeing smiles and laughs, a virtual talent show, seeing you hand out gift cards to grocery store employees, seeing bag lunches being served to kids who need to eat. I want you to know that you have made your lives a stage on which the risen Christ has appeared to me. And for that, I'm more grateful than you can know. And I hope you're experiencing that abundant, amazing life. Because here's the, here's the amazing part. When we bear witness to Jesus, when we make our lives a stage on which Jesus can appear and, and, and draw people to himself, not only are, are they experiencing full, abundant life, but we are too. We are too. Because that means Jesus, the one who says, I am the life, 
is working in and through our lives again and again. And we get to re-experience it again and again. And that is absolutely animating and exhilarating. It means we're oriented outward instead of making our lives a stage for just ourselves. Friends, we've been given life. Abundant life. We were dead people called to come out of our graves. Once lost, now found. Once blind, now we see. Once no people, now a part of God's forever family. Once dead in sin, bound and wounded by its chains, now alive in Christ, set free and healed. Don't you think it's time to start exhaling? To live out loud? To bear witness to the one who does all of that for us? To make our lives a stage on which this same Jesus can appear and claim people as his own. Sounds essential to me. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.